This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. Here to keep you company this afternoon um, uh, are me, Lim Su An and T. Xiao Yik. So our story today is um, revisiting an issue that we've spoken about quite a lot here on The Daily Digest. So it's been over a year, but the battle to save the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve is far from over. Even though the Slango State Legislative Assembly had passed a unanimous resolution last November to stop the degazettement of the area, the Menteri Basar of Slango is still considering clearing 931 hectares of pristine peat forest for a mixed development project. So we'll be catching up with the Defend the North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve Coalition for updates. So if you have any thoughts on this issue, anything you'd like to share in terms of um, how you feel about this degazettment that might still be going on, tweet us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. So it was just a little over a year ago on the 5th of February in 2020 when notices were placed in major local newspapers by the Selangor Forestry Department informing the public about the plan to degazette the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve for the purpose of, and I quote here, a mixed development project. This was done in accordance with the Public Inquiry Selangor Rules 2014 and the National Forestry Act Adoption Enactment 1984. So degazettement is the first critical step towards removing a forest protected status and that opens it up to exploitation. The Selangor State Forestry Department invited state stakeholders, especially people living in the Kuala Langat district, to put forth their objections towards the degazettment within 30 days of that notice. Yeah, so according to Greenpeace Malaysia, the public responded by sending in more than 45,000 objections towards the degazettment, which was received and acknowledged by the state government. So in addition to that, the Orang Asli communities from four villages uh, from four villages adjacent to the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve also submitted their objections to the proposed degazettment and this was on the uh, 26th of February 2020. So, you know, things went quiet for a while after this flurry of objections because, um, as we all know, there was the pandemic. We had to tackle that and mm-hmm. there was the subsequent movement control order that started in March last year. As such, all issues result, uh, relating to the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve degazettment were just put on hold for a bit. Yeah, but in September 2020, things started heating up again, so when, when uh, NGOs, the Orang Asli community and members of the Kuala Langat community received very short notice of a public hearing on the degazettment issue. In fact, only several days prior to the hearing taking place. Now, this was problematic because it didn't give the relevant stakeholders enough time to prepare for their presentations. So, according to Greenpeace Malaysia, on the day of the hearing itself, several NGO members and Orang Asli were even barred from entering the venue of the public hearing. Following strong objections at the gate, though, they were later allowed in. Yeah, so the public hearing was separated into three categories over two days. So, you had the uh, general public, the NGOs and corporations. So the general public hearing, which ultimately took place on the 29th of September, that saw continuous oral submission of objections from the Orang Asli community, environmental NGOs, federal agencies and even a private firm. And following that public inquiry process, a group of societies banded together under the banner of defend uh, of the, uh, and I quote here, defend the North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve Coalition, or as it's also known, the Pertahankan Kutan Simpan Kuala Langat Utara and the coalition now consists of 15 NGOs and I'm just going to list a couple of the um, rather well-known names you know you have um, 
Peke, you have Swaram, you have uh, Climate Action Malaysia, you have the Five Arts Centre, you have the Centre for Orang Asli Concerns. And these are all, I guess, NGOs that have always been vocal about environmental-related issues. And now they've just decided to band together to lend a stronger voice to this cause. Mm, and one of their first actions as this coalition was to send petition letters to all state and federal lawmakers in Slango and uh, in a move to get these elected reps to show their opposition to the degazement of the Forest Reserve. The coalition also prepared um, a scorecard of sorts mm. which contained the full list of all 77 Selangor Assembly persons and MPs which showed whether these reps have either supported, opposed or not responded to the letter at all. If you recall, we covered this right here on the Daily Digest back in November 2020. Uh, then we spoke to Jun Tan and com- contemporary Orang Asli artist Shak Koyok from this uh, Defender North uh, Kuala Langat Forest Reserve Coalition. So this campaign got quite a lot of traction online and was widely shared on social media with the hashtag Hutan Pergi Mana. I think quite apt with uh, mm-hmm. that hashtag. Yeah. So following that campaign, the Selango State Assembly unanimously passed a motion on the 11th of November and that is to protect all gazetted forest reserves in Selangor in order to ensure the conservation and protection of water catchment and forest areas. Now, this extraordinary event was marked by unanimous support as well by State Assembly representatives who objected in particular to the proposal by the State of Selangor to degazette the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve. Now, according to a statement by the Defend the North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve Coalition, the motion was raised by YB Najwan Halimi, who in his speech reiterated the moral responsibility of everyone to be a steward for the environment. And in addition to the destruction of environment and biodiversity loss that have been highlighted many times in the press, YB Najwan also pointed out that uh, Najwan also pointed out that the areas around Kuala Langat, uh, the Kuala Langat Forest Reserve were still relatively underdeveloped. And so, you know, there appeared to be no reason to encroach on the Forest Reserve. It's it, and, and I guess it's a decision that implies a lack of planning by the state. So the yeah, so the decision by the Slango State Assembly was widely hailed as a victory by all the stakeholders who campaigned so hard to protect the forest reserve from decazement. So in a way, that scorecard campaign uh, seemed to have reached its objective. Mm. Uh, Before we get into the latest developments in the case, though, I'd like to quickly remind everyone about the importance of this area. Why are we talking about it? Why are these NGOs working so hard um, to make sure that it's preserved? You know, this forest reserve has. been home to the Temuan tribe for more than a hundred years. So this Orang Asli community have said that they will lose their cultural heritage and the source of income if the forest is developed. And uh, speaking of wildlife, the forest also supports critically endangered species such as the Malayan sun bear, the Selangor pygmy flying squirrel and the rare Langat red fighting fish. And uh, also most of this forest reserve is situated on peatlands which are important stores of carbon. So in essence clearing and draining this forest would result in the oxidation of organic matter, which would then release carbon into the atmosphere. So this particular forest plays a really important role in mitigating climate change. It has the capacity to store up to 1,600 tonnes of carbon per hectare, and the total stored stock capacity of the forest reserve is approximately 1.5 million tonnes of carbon, and an estimated 5.5 million tonnes of carbon dioxide emissions can also be avoided if the area is not developed and maintained as a permanent reserve forest. Yeah, so, you know, all of this brings us now to the most recent development in the case when the Menteri Besar of Slango, 
Amiruddin Shari spoke to Malaysia Kini, and this was about a couple of weeks ago. So he said that the state government was still looking to ensure that development continues in the area. He conceded that this would happen while still preserving an ample size of the forest and taking into account the Orang Asli communities living there. Now, the project that is planned for this forest area is said to be a mixed development, and it would see the state-run Menteri Besar Incorporation uh, owning some 364 hectares of the proposed development, while the remaining um, 566.56 hectares would be awarded to Titian Jutaria, which is a private company. Now, in that same interview with Malaysia Kini, the MB also said that while the state's decision would take into account the more than 40,000 objections to the plan, some of the obje- objections that had been raised were quote-unquote irrelevant. Mm, Amiruddin, uh, who according to Malaysia Kini has yet to receive the full report on the matter, downplayed concerns that have been raised in it, such as how the plan could be a potential threat to those endangered species uh, that I described earlier found in the peatland forest area. He said, and I quote here, yes, they, um, the species, can be found in the area, but they are also found in other areas and are not as endangered as the word used to describe them. But will the state government bulldoze the plan? Of course not, end quote. Um, Amiruddin also said that the state government would maintain an adequate amount of the forest reserve overall, now at an estimated 31% or just 1% more than its minimum 30% threshold. He went on to say that approvals to de-gazette forest reserves for commercial development and agriculture projects are not new. Yes, so now these statements were naturally met by anger and confusion mm. by stakeholders seeking to protect the area. I mean, Global Environment uh, Global Environment Centre's director, Faisal Parrish, uh, who we've spoken to on the show about this very issue, also told Malaysia Kini that Amiruddin's remarks show that he has not taken the objections by numerous parties seriously and that he is ignoring the motion by the State Assembly, which, as we mentioned earlier, unanimously voted to protect mm-hmm. all uh, forest reserves in Selangor. Now, ultimately, though, the fate of the Kuala Langa North Forest Reserve lies with the Selangor State Executive Council Mm. and the portfolio of the Land Development and Natural Resources Management is held by none other than the MB of Selangor. Ah, that explains a lot. Yes. Yeah, well... um, uh, let me just jump in here and just remind everyone that you know you can share your thoughts with us on this. Uh, you can tweet us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. If you feel that there's anything about this uh, uh, that you'd like to share with us, yes, so we've got uh, we've got to take a quick break now. But when we come back, we'll speak to Amanda Ng and Nagarajan Ringasami from the Defender North Kuala Forest Reserve Coalition to get their reactions to the Slango MB's latest statements. Keep it here on the Daily Digest, BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture with Lim Su An and Ti Xiao Yik. So before the break, we gave you a rundown of the events that followed the first announcement of plans to de-gazette the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve. Now, it's been a little over a year with lots of different stakeholders fighting to protect this ecologically important area from being developed for yet another mixed development project in the state of Selangor. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we heard that the Menteri Besar of Selangor, Amiruddin Shari, is still planning to go ahead with the development plans. Despite the state, uh, state, Slangor State Legislative Assembly unanimously passing a resolution last November to stop the degazettment of the area. And as we mentioned, the final decision on the matter lies with the Slangor State Executive Council, which the Menteri Besar heads. Mm, so we want to know how the stakeholders fighting to protect the area are feeling about the Slangor MB's views. So joining us on the line now are Amanda Ng and Nagarajan Rengasami from the Defender North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve Coalition. Amanda is Program Officer in Empower 
for Malaysia, and Raj is the manager of the Forest and Coastal Program at Global Environment Centre. Welcome to the both of you. Thanks for speaking with us today. So when we last caught up with the coalition back in November, you were sending petition letters to all state and federal lawmakers in Selangor and wanted to share a scorecard of their responses. So what were the outcomes of that campaign? So overall, the intended outcome of garnering the public support for the petition was hugely successful. Uh, within two weeks, we managed to get 1,500 petitions. In addition to numerous online petitions that led by the citizens, the total online signatures has come up to 130,000. And this is an indication that the public is behind the preservations of the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve. And we are also thankful for the elected state representative who supported this cause and the coalitions. It was clear and unmistakable sign that the Kuala Langa North Forest Reserve is important to all and the message was hands off the forest. So the Selangor State Legislative Assembly had passed a unanimous resolution last November, as we mentioned, to stop the degazettment of the Kuala Langa North Forest Reserve and to protect all other forest reserves in Selangor. But we know that the Selangor MB wants to both continue with the degazettment process and proceed with the planned development there. So what, are, uh, what reasons has the MB given for wanting to proceed? To be honest, the Menteri Besar of Selangor has yet to provide substantive reasons for the need to continue the degazement plans. At this point, if you look at what he has said to the media, it come across as excuses and not legitimate reasons. For example, he mentioned that the fact that the forest and the flora, flora and fauna are not unique. As you know, the coalition has already provided substantial facts and figures as to why this forest needs to be preserved and conserved. We are shocked that the MB could be so dismissive of the value of forest that is estimated 8,000 years old, especially in light of the current context of climate crisis. Um, if you look at it again, uh, as of today, uh, we can look at it, even the campaign was started last year on the 5th February. It's already more than a year, more than a year. Again, the only one person who really provides direct support is the MB. We can see all this in this, in this country. And this is where, as our as a, as a coalition members and also the people who live in Slango, clearly objected strongly with the clear, justifiable evidence based on social, environmental, and economic loss. If let's say we're going to go ahead with this proposal, again, with the, our honourable minister, it's not really a, make a clear uh, justification to us why you want to proceed with the. The decasm process, even though the objections is very strongly objected towards to whatever is being proposed. Yeah, this is the, something is we need to seriously, we need to ask the Honourable MB to respond on this matter. And uh, on behalf of the coalition, would you like to refute any of the reasons that the MB has given to support the state's plan to degazette the forest reserve? Uh, in a way, our answer is very clear. We want to protect the Kuala Langat Forest Reserve. And then again, if you look at it, the proposed replacement are fragmented into three to four areas, mainly in northern Slango, in areas which already have significant forests. It should be gazetted as a permanent reserve forest as a developed state within this country. 
they can't use excuse of decaseum or kolalanga then we wanted to gaze this particular refrigerator for us this is not really an answer in order to why they wanted to gaze the remaining for us kelenafar again we wanted to put the records is one of the most important areas in the main of the forest in the southern selangor especially for kolalanga district even we know kolalanga district so more than 85000 hectare but within the 85000 hectare the remaining green land is less than 9% is approximately 8000 hectare and this is where we really very really huge particular this mambi and this take amount to protect again there's a lot of study being conducted by gc frame upm forestry department of peninsula malaysia it show that kolalanga as a unique and mix of lowland and peatland forest that hold much larger value if is utilized is sustainable it is also home to rare endemic endangered species of flora and fauna even though the mambi say it can be found in other areas but again that is different this is they are already occupied within that area for more than 8000 years it also critical to to the culture and tradition of the orang temuan orang asli that have been live in that area for more than 100 over years we have the some pictorial uh, documentation founds there's a people on 19, on 1886 they already there besides is being a home for a broad range of species kelenafa also play an important role in mitigating climate change it has the capacity to store carbon up to 1600 tons of carbon per hectare and the total carbon stock as of today for kolalanga not for a reserve is approximately more than 1.5 million tons of carbon an estimate 5.5 million of ton carbon dioxide emission also can be avoided if the kolalanga going to be disappear for the purpose of the development being proposed by the chief minister this value cannot be replaceable with money entire ecosystem habitats and the species that have existed for the many thousands in some cases million years and cultural heritage could disappear if the project goes ahead without a proper careful planning and it's also not only going to impact it's also going to be impact social value for the people who are depending on it proposed replacement forests are still valuable it should be is encourageable should be conserved more forests within this forest but cannot be used as excuse part of the replacement for the decaseum the mbs and the state and local authorities did not did look into the detail of the cost of the environmental services that will be eliminated as a result of the proposed development and the cost of the disaster management climate crisis they may result from the development the and some of the cost is going to be relatively high compared to the premium value which has been estimated they going to be gained then this is where we call is not healthy management way or healthy proposed development so what in your opinion would be a better solution or proposal for this matter so as the collision mentioned we believe the selangor state should first be able to explain as to why we need this mixed development project how does this benefit the people or rakyat as a whole if you look around selangor there are numerous buildings such as residential homes office they are largely abandoned or in this repair or abandoned why can't the state look into reviving this development project instead of destroying the forest reserve and this is an important starting point where we start questioning the development plans that the government has adopted many countries are moving to a more sustainable development design and focusing on green technology for development plans why malaysia 
still using an outdated environmentally destructive development strategy. So the MB has also said that the objections relating to protecting endangered species in KLNFR were irrelevant as the same species can be found in other areas. How would you like to refute that statement? Um, we believe that this statement by the Menteri Besar of Selangor is a good indication that our elected representatives need better information and training on the issue around the environment and climate crisis. The coalition in the previous statements has already provided the information on the unique species that make this forest their home, such as Malayan sun bear, uh, Selangor pygmy flying squirrels, uh, langat red fighting fish, maranti, bakau, and etc. The question we should be asking is, why does the Menteri Besar of Selangor believe that these flora and fauna have so little value? Why is so special about the mixed development project that makes it so permissible to destroy the wildlife that unique only to Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve? Um, the coalition members, as of today, is, is very puzzling for us. Why the state government would plan to destroy its heritage? Why we call it its heritage more than 8,000 years? It's not one year, two years. It's 8,000 years. It's known as a heritage. It's our warisan, you know? Just for such a small amount of money, which we believe has no long-term guarantee for it. If the state government is concerned about the monetary resources, there are international funds available. If, let's say, locally the funds are not available, there are many international funds available for keeping the peat swamp forest intact, such as from the Green Climate Fund, Global Environmental Global Environment Facility, such as international funds are available for all developing countries who protect the remaining forests and biodiversity preservation to curb the climate change and crisis. The state should be exploring this approach, which will be benefit to the public generation to come and also the global communities. We need to compare the proposed small one-off income to the state from the land premium, compared with the priceless value biodiversity and cultural heritage, as well as potential future revenue. If that site is conserved and managed for small ecotourism and other sustainable use. It's, there's a possibility there why we don't want to innovate our think. We also need to consider the value environmental services that will be eliminated as a result of the proposed development and the cost of the disaster management may result from the development. The total value is vital ecosystem is much higher than the premium requested by the state government. It's irreplaceable. It's not irrelevant. It's replaceable. And even this will be going to make our aura asli be more in a difficult position, in a difficult situation, which is going to bring in more cultural problems, which they are unable to be adopted to the Western culture, which we're going to bring in wisely into within this uh, new proposed development projects. Okay, so should the de-examination go through, what effect might this have on the Orang Asli community who live in the area? You know, how will this uh, decision impinge on their basic human rights? The forest is also significant, important to local indigenous people, uh, locally known as Orang Asli Temuan, who are living within that area for more than 150 years, as the pictorial evidence that we have from 1886, and very unfortunate. The Ora Asli village adjacent to the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve has not been gazetted as of today. There's no clear, defined land title being given to this Ora Asli. But our question is, 
for the new projects have been gazetted, have been constructed, have been gazetted, they easily can get a land title. Why such a thing can happen and where the equality? And this is also going to be another serious problem. If the forest is going to be degazed, the Porangasi village not been gazetted, and where these people going to live? And what will happen? This is causing another more serious fears to the Orangsu people in terms of looking after their own benefit and safety. In this case, it's not only happening in, uh, in uh, adjacent to Kuala Langat. Again, the indigenous people in Kuala Lang- live in Kuala Langat uh, have often faced encroachment on the land because of the development project. If you look at it now, there's a lot of mining activities being carried out. It used to be Orangasli agriculture site for them, but now it's not because it's not being gazetted and there's a lot of developments coming to that site, preventing them from benefiting from their traditional source of livelihood and leaving them at the risk of poverty and further marginalization. In the worst case, they have been summarily disposed of their land and forced from their homes and made to witness the depletion and degradation of the natural resources they claim to. According to the community, the state made no effort to inform them of the nature of this mixed development wanted to conduct within that area. There's no even detailed explanation being given to this Orang What kind of project is going to be take place within that area? And these people no clue at all. What is a mixed development going to be take place within that area? And in fact, more than 200 Orang Asli who live within that area, they went and showed their objection to the state government on the 26th February 2020, where they went to SUK, inshallah, to show their protest memorandum. And then they had submitted their objection letter to the Mantri Basar office representative and all the other relevant authorities. Please look into this matter seriously and pay attention. Listen to their voice. But again, as of today, no further actions. At present, the community leaders, the OA community leaders, being mis- misinterpreted with the village gazema process into agreeing into the degazeting of the Kolalang. What I mean is, They've been given in a, in a very limited space to make a decision whether they want a kampong or they want the forest. Which one? They have to decide. They cannot decide. Its boats are interconnected. They need both. How we can, uh, can separate it like that? I think this is where I think the, the community or actually community leaders are in the, in the fierce position to make a decision. And they have to favor to the authorities in order to protect their village. For us, we feel coalition gravely concerned that possible violations free of prior and informed concept principle is not in place and not being taken place properly. The principle that Malaysian government has confirmed their commitment through voting in favor of United Nations Declaration of Right of the Indigenous People in 2017 and the outcome document, the World Conference of Indigenous People in 2014. It's totally against the process being, being carried out. If if you try to link that, whether it's in line with this declaration, no, it's totally against. And such decisions would like to make more worries and disrupt the traditional belief, the life being practiced by the Orahas Litomuan and their future generations. This is a bigger question, Smart. That now the current Orahas who are living there, I think they, they personally been quite asked, what will happen to my children? Whether still they will have the ancestral land? For them to have to believe, because their belief, the nature is the God. 
the moment the God, the nature has been disappeared from there, where they, they have to go and find. Even though there's a, some option being given, where there's an additional forest will be gazetted. But these people are living in Kuala, in Kuala Langat, in Tanjung Doblas, in Pula Kampung, Tanjung Sura. If let's say they want the God, they have to travel to, to the northern Selangor for the new forest which is gazetted. But again, it's not gazetted under the Oransli. It gets gazetted under the different name, with a different set of rules. And these are the impacts where these people are going through. If you, look, if you ask me frankly, they not only go through the impact, they also go through emotionally some fears with them. I think this is not a good condition. The government needs to pro provide assistance, the civilization, but without destroying the belief and rights. Again, whatever development needs to be in line, it has to blend, it has to be gel with the, our values. Don't try to bring in something which is going to against the belief and the rights. We are not in that country. We are Malaysian. We are cultural people. I mean, we feel if the big government still the MBE wanted to proceed, we can see all these things. Now, whatever things is fierce, it can be caused a lot of problem later internally for the self-sustainment of this Orang Asli. Can I get you to explain what Usul 26 is and why it might be significant to the Menteri Besar once he makes his final decision? Uh, also 26, it's a motion that aims to protect all gazetted forest reserves in Selangor to ensure the conservations and protections of water catchment and forest area in Selangor. And it also was passed on 11 November of 2020. And we want to take this opportunity again to remind Malaysia that in a functioning democracy, the power lies with the people and which is why we have elections. We, the people, have raised our objection through our elected state uh, representative, the, De the Ali Dewan Undangan Negeri Adun, have also voted unanimously against this proposal of the assessment plan of the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve. We adhere to the democratic principles and processes. How could the EXCO and the MB can disregard the motion that has unanimously passed and see Adun's as merely advisory in nature. It is ironic. How is, how is this even possible in a democracy? The MB should not be allowed to disregard this motion unless he is able to prove without a doubt that this project will be beneficial to the people and the cost we pay by destroying the forest is worth the, this price. Please note that neither MB nor the, or the EXCO has done this. And the science behind preserving and conserving the, the forest has not been contested. So can the public still get involved in this campaign to protect the Kuala Langan North Forest Reserve from being degazetted? And if so, how can they do that? And you know, to add on another question, if they'd like to get in touch with the coalition, what's the best way to do that? Okay, first of all, yes, there's a lot of space for the public to get involved in this campaign to continuously to show their support for the protection of the existing Kuala Langa, not for a reserve. Why we say that? If you look at it, there's a lot of development plans being developed within the states. They call local plan, state structure plan, and also the national physical plans. And all these plans, the time they've been developed, they always involve public's views in order to make the plans to be look much better and then it can be implementable and doable at the local level. And in this case, that time, the state government or even the federal government and local authorities, they can pay attention. 
they want people to raise their concern and then they wanted to put it in the into the plan being developed okay and in this case this is also another time for us as a people and a public who living within that area we need to show our strong i mean objections for the degazement why kolalanga not for a reserve is environmentally sensitive area which is already classified clearly and defined within the third national physical plan and also and this disaster risk under the esa it's been published in the slango state structure plan it also been designated as a conservation area under the recently gazetted kuala langa local plan 2030 if we refer to the all these plans there's no development is allowed in environmental sensitive area especially for the peat swamp forest which is highly water catchment area is water resident and to avoid serious environmental economics environmental issues economic issues and social impacts this is where is going to involve lot of money and life of peoples if you going to miss or obey this particular plans and kuala langat not for a reserve has been inherited to us to get a better environmental service for free and taken off of today as all all of these years people who, who live in kuala langat they getting lot of benefit from this kuala langat for a reserve they not paid off okay and we also have a great responsibility as a as a payback our 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 responsibility in order to pay back as in a way to thanks to back to the the in our environmental services we been we been receive all this why where we need to protect eh? then we have a great responsibility to i mean to, in order to pass over this particular resources to the next generation where they continue to benefit and bring up this legacy to the follow up or against to the next generation plus the global communities who need who want us to remain and protect this kind of particular forest um we would like to also take this opportunity to remind every single malaysian who cares for this country and democracy we cannot give up democracy only works if we hold our elected representative accountable to the people this means that we actively do this every day it is not just about voting every 5 years while malaysia had experienced a frustrating event of a political changes in february 2020 but we still believe that uh, this is even more reason why we need to be vigilant and fight for our voices to be heard and respected take back power of the people and please do support us by visit greenpeace.org and sign the petition by holding our elected representative accountable and save the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve. Thank you so much Amanda and Raj. That was Amanda Ng and Nagarajan Rengasamy from the Defend the North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve Coalition. Amanda is also the program officer in Empower Malaysia and Raj is the manager of the Forest and Coastal Program at Global Environment Center. You can hear how passionate they mm. were. They were sharing why the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve must be preserved at all costs and how all of us can still get involved to make our opinions heard in order to uh, keep this area protected. Um I think it's important 
person to state that the coalition is not against development, but they that they think any plans for a state's development should be carefully planned out and preferably not involve cutting down more forests, <laughs> yes. right? And if you're taking into consideration, the Prime Minister just announced the 100 million tree planting campaign, you know, so um, a huge disconnect there. Yes, so, you know, while we seem to acknowledge that climate change is a threat, we aren't looking to protect the forests and biodiversity that we already have. Mm. You know, we shouldn't be go looking for something new with, with this regard for what is we existing. Already, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So as environmentalists such as Malaysian Nature Society's Wong Yilin have continuously pointed out, nature, uh, mature and biodiverse forests store carbon, they recycle water, prevent erosion, harbour biodiversity and improve air and water quality. When trees are cut down, years of a forest stored carbon are released back into the atmosphere. So I think you know the lesson here is that we need to stop prioritising short-term benefits over environmental integrity. Mm, well said. So that's all the time that we have for today's show. Unfortunately, you can continue to share your thoughts by tweeting us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. If you want to get in touch with us, with us directly at The Bigger Picture, you can look us up on Facebook at BFM The Bigger Picture to drop us a message. If you've missed any part of the show today, you can download the podcast on our website at bfm.my slash digest on the BFM app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Coming up at 3pm after the news, uh, it will be Live and Learn with Dashrin Yohan, who will be speaking to human rights lawyer and drug policy reform advocate Samantha Chong. And they'll be discussing what if Malaysia decriminalised all drugs for personal use. This has been The Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.